Welcome to Secret to My Success, where you're going to hear fascinating stories from the people and personalities who found their success in business and in life. Now, here's your host, Alan Bornstein. Good day. This is Alan, Secret to My Success. Dawn, how are you? Good day, Alan. Good day. You've mastered that good day. I do. I yeah. find myself saying it all the time now, so it's kind <laughs> of annoying day. to people. But it makes it easier because I don't have to say good morning, afternoon, good evening, good, day, good, day, good, good day. anything. Just good day is just mm-hmm. appropriate. How was your Valentine's Day? Did you do anything exciting? I, I'm here. Look, people know that we're not live Saturday morning, okay? <laughs> I was trying so, to pull it off. And like, you could you know, have, but look, it is I Valentine's usually screw day. it up, you know? <laughs> exactly. And that's why I figured today you were going to, but no. Okay, okay. so yes, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Larita. Thank you. Yeah. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. You. Yes, we have an amazing Valentine's Day guest. Oh, thank you for having me, especially on this auspicious holiday, the relationship ruiner. So <sighs> why not bring in a behavioral scientist to talk about failure patterns? <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that too first. So okay. we're going to go full Later. out. Okay, so I'm going to put the big down around Valentine's Day. By the way, Dawn, are you doing anything special for Valentine's Day? Um, no, I have a I no have special a, phone texting with your boyfriend. Nothing. We might do some videos. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything else you want to share? No, 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 no. I I do a I have a um a class. I guess you could say it is Tuesday and Wednesday night. So that'll be there tonight. Croft McGraw's not considered a class. That's where you're beating people up, right? Oh no, no, it's not my Muay Thai stuff. Oh, no. you okay? So what are you doing? It's actually a um transformational something, something yes okay yeah so okay, it's healing like transformational do. healing oh, if I'm you trying can't to say, say it you really can't participate no, I, in the right way to say it right because you can't i mean it's transformational healing so it's that type of i'm i've done all the courses myself but then i'm also going to be a coach to do that so to be a transformational You're healing be a coach? coach yes no yes, way that's yeah. amazing yeah Good for you thank you yes she, she would get this stuff. Not I, everybody does. I, I, I know she would get it. Not but, everybody does. But are you qualified to fix other people when we have some things on your plate that probably need Listen, to be examined you're first? you're never perfect. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's people, what makes you the most qualified. Exactly. Okay. There you have it right there. And, 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 you know, I think that's what holds people back sometimes is they think, oh, I have to have everything. I know it did for me. For a while. Like, you have to have everything together. Everything has to be perfect. But who is? Nobody is. I get it. But I wouldn't want to go to a financial planner living in a a mobile home. Well, yeah. I mean, money management might be a little bit different. Right. Might be different. That kind of work. But do you really, it's like, do you really want to learn how to snowboard from somebody who's just naturally talented? No. You want to know somebody who can walk you through the steps. Right. Same with behavioral transformation. Right. right? Of like, Mm -hmm. you want someone who's done the work themselves, not somebody who just. Who just read it in a book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Firsthand experience is always the best. So do you want me to, (laughs) do you want me to be your first patient? Um, <laughs> because I think by the time we're done, you'd quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah <I laughs> that could be way too much of a challenge. I think actually you might be one of the easier ones, Alan. You think? <laughs> I know enough about your life so far. I mean, I know you know I've heard a lot of stories. So okay, we're not doing it right now, but yes, we can talk later. <laughs> right. And Alan's very open. It's he different. is very open. It's yes, very different than working with people who don't open up. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of trust. And have like that carried work. around those traumas forever. Yep. Absolutely. You got to beat it out of them. That's what's happened yeah. to me. It's got to <laughs> shake it up pretty good to get it out of me. <laughs> I get it. I'm a, I'm a tough one. Yeah. Put yeah. those walls up pretty good. I like to think of life like mm-hmm. it's like baking. Like you just have to knead the dough, get it beat down before it can rise <laughs> up again even better. I like that. You think? Uh-huh. You're going to be my new 
Kodohosk. Kodohosk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So let's talk about beating it down a little bit. So yeah, Valentine's Day has a new meaning for me this year. A little difficult. Okay. Mom died a year ago on Valentine's Day. Oh, right. So I was writing my siblings when we were talking about it, and mom died hating the world. Hated everybody. Hated me. She didn't fully know. Well, she, she, fell, in dementia, love, right. she fell in love with the scammer, and she right. was sending money to this guy who she was in love with. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? You know, I'll, it's your money, but if you want, we'll go to a casino, bet it all in black. I don't care what you do, but I'm not going to let you send it to some scammer. Mm-hmm. And she was doing it, and she said I was wrong. He was in love with her. I'm like, Mom, the guy's 59 or 89 if he's really a guy. Okay, you think he's in love with your cankles? <laughs> I mean, Mom, he's going to come take care of you? I mean, the whole thing is so beyond stupid. And, you know, he probably did say that. He probably did say that did. to her, didn't you? Right. Yeah. I did. I absolutely said it to her because my mom used to be black and white. She worked for the police. She worked in the detectives bureau, and she always told you criminals don't have horns, and you should trust nobody. And here she is sending her money and lying to the whole family about it, lying to her friends about it. And it actually just brought it up. Did you guys see the movie that just came out called The Beekeeper? No. I've heard about it, though. Okay. So, heard. you know the whole premise of the movie? What? So, this woman he lives with is this really nice woman. She's very in a small part, but she basically gets scammed out of a lot of money through one of those apps on your computer that says your computer's got a virus. Mm-hmm. Click here. She calls. They download this thing. And you see them all in the room jumping up and down and excited. And they pulled $2.5 million out of this woman's bank accounts wow. instantly. She's down to zero. And he goes into the house for dinner, and he finds she put a bullet into her head. <gasps> she kills herself. So this guy... Of course, they're always, you know, he's a beekeeper now, but he's some former CIA beekeeper has this thing. And I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it. But if you have, keep listening. If you haven't, you could turn this on later. <laughs> but what he did was he figured out who it was, and he went into the call center. And I guess somehow you burn down beehives if there's something. So he burned the whole place down. Wow. Revenge. Yes. John Wick style. And I'm telling you what, I kept wondering how I could get that. Because I wanted to get this guy. Right, yes. She was sending money to a house in California. There is nothing more challenging than watching people we love and care about making decisions that are harmful for themselves. And what do you do? Like, do you jump in and, right? I did. You did? Didn't go, mom was not happy. No, You did not not get a thank you note. Mom was not happy. Not happy. Mom was miserable. And in fact, I called the police and I told the police you need to reach out. There's an address in California. Those police are waiting for you to call. You need to send a referral. And they said, yeah, we don't do that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you need to call the FBI. The guy's pretending to be an army officer. That's illegal. Like, yeah, we're not going to do it. Where's my, where's my revenge? And the police wouldn't do anything. Does that still, is that still a pain point? Oh, yeah, that, that still yeah. bothers me. Ooh, yeah. Because How they get those thorns I love out of her so much. I love <laughs> so they, I Well, love they it. created this situation with my mother to made it worse because they were just kind of appeasing her, and it got even better. So I finally got my mom to agree to file charges, and it was because a counselor convinced her if she didn't that I was going to go in there and take full responsibility over her finances and cut her out. Oh, the old maximum ultimatum. Okay. Right. So she decided, okay, I'm going to do this. And then they used, there's this law, Marcy's law. So if you were a victim of a crime, 
and you press charges, they would withhold your information so the person couldn't find out who you were. Okay. Okay, so you know, somebody beats you up. You want to, they find out who they are, you want to arrest them. They hold back all your information so they can't seek revenge, come to your house. Sure. So they quoted that law as the reason why they couldn't tell me about what was going on with the police case. Okay. I said, Ooh, this just gets more and more painful. I'm like, I know my mother. I know where she lives. I'm the one who called you. Right. And you're using this law. You don't even understand it to try and keep me from understanding what's going on with my mother. And they got mad at me, really mad at me for pushing. Yeah. Right. Until I found my mother at Walmart. She was actually trying to buy gift cards. To send to this guy. To send uh, to the guy. So mom can't see. Mom can't drive. Mom's in a walker. Right. And she somehow doesn't tell her best friend because her best friend won't drive her. She Ubers over there. And the Uber driver left her. So she didn't have a ride home. And her bank rejected the charge because we had kind of warned them that you need to be careful on this stuff. So the bank rejected the charge, and she can't come home. Oh, this just gets worse and worse. So Marcelo's living in the house. Marcelo calls me and tells me, there's somebody driving your mom home. I'm not sure if they're part of it. So I wait. I see him pull in the driveway. I pull in. I block him off, and I'm about ready to beat him. And they explained to me that they just came from church. They saw my mom there. They were trying to help her. She, they knew she was lost. Yeah. And they just happened to drive her home. So I, I went, I said, I'm done. You're, I'm over this, Mom. And I took her phone, and I went down to the police department. Boynton Beach Police Department. <laughs> Boynton Beach Police Department. I go down there, and I, I show the revenge. detective I have the phone. I've taken it from my mother. And they said, well, Walmart's over in Palm Beach County Sheriff, so I need to go there. So I go down to Walmart, I call the sheriff's office, they come down, meet me. The guy from Walmart is super cool. He says, look, let's figure this out. They look at the video, they find my mom, tell me that the whole thing was rejected, explain the whole thing. I file a report there and I kept my mom's phone. So my mom, two days later, is calling me saying she wants the phone. And I've sure. seen the text, she's texting, I love you, I love you, all this crap to some to I, think, the, I think it's a woman. I don't even think it's a guy. I don't know, but it's it's a pretty common. I know it it's happens a general time. something, but the name the name is even common out there that you Google it and it just says scam. Yes, general whatever whatever. Is the guy's it. name was uh, La Camara, and he's got a picture of uh, you know some yes. old guy and a like. Well, no, this military is a real guy uniform. in the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I called out to the military saying, "Look, you got somebody pretending to be this guy." They said, "Sorry, we can't do nothing." I said, well, have oh, somebody wow. call my mom and let them know that this general's really not in love with my mother. They said, yeah, we can't do that. I said, well, have this guy reach out. He's married. Have his wife call. If she knew that her so husband's So it's a name, real... Oh, yeah, yeah okay. he's a real guy. But okay. Paul La Camera. La Camera? Yeah. It's a real general, but they're spoofing him. Right, right. So needless to say, mom calls the police. The police call me two days later and say, sir, we're here at your mom's house and you have stolen merchandise. The phone. Ah, the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, tell you what. Reach out to this officer. Here's a case number. I've been going back and forth. She knows I have the phone. They said it's a separate case. I said, no, it's not. It's the same case. And I have power of attorney. So I'll tell you what. I'm not coming down. I've watched a TV show or two. 
you can suck it. I'm not. If you want to come see me, go get a warrant, and we can have a discussion. Until then, mom's not getting a phone Over until I'm good and ready to give it to her. Seriously. So she went out and bought another phone. I found out about it. I mailed it back. I'm like, you don't need a phone. But she made up every excuse. It was like a child. Like, mm-hmm. why you... She reverted back. Oh, she, like, it was just so bad. Yep. Patterns of behavior. And it's wild to me that when we need it most, when we need our coping skills the most, you know, we need to be able to communicate most effectively. We need to be able to interact and work through challenges is generally when we're at our worst in these stressful situations, when it matters, when it comes to people we care about, when the stakes are high, which is everything that you went through with your mom. And those are tough situations to navigate and they're tough situations to recover from once we've gone through them. Right. And right, it's like there's, I like to think of it like the the manure of the garden, right? Of like mm-hmm. where, what's gonna bloom from this that's gonna make it better for you? What can you take away from it that's actually going to be something better? Because otherwise it will just continue to fester. It's just a lot of crap speaking of manure. Okay. <laughs> right? I love it. Her. Is. So much. Okay. I love you. But so there's much. a lot of crap. But here's the problem. That was We're all so getting good. closer to it. What's gonna bloom from all of the manure? But but right. see, I'm only if you plant something. Only if you, plant. If you just right. spread the manure around. It's all just gonna then be it's manure. All still just gonna be crap. <laughs> But we're all getting closer to it. And in age, all of us are moving up in age. And at some point, because my mom would have told you this never could have happened or she worked for the police. But how does it make you feel, Alan? Oh, no, no. It doesn't matter how I feel. (laughs) What I'm getting at is that anybody that's listening in our audience area has to understand that you have to protect yourself from you. Okay, and you can't leave this for your kids to have to deal with because it was the worst thing in the world. And these are my allergies. I'm not crying. So these, it's the worst <laughs> thing in the world having to deal with this as a child, having to put the the rails on your parents yeah. to keep them from hurting themselves. You know, I mean, That's it just tough had to be done. You know, and it was ju- it was awful. It was funny. So I put this, I put a block on all of the transactions from the account, so I knew exactly what was going on. Well, mom passes. And I'm the executor, and I'm moving all the money around, and I wrote a bunch of checks out, and I forgot to take it off. So they oh. bounced a bunch of checks to my siblings. <laughs> my brothers called me up, saying their check bounced. I'm like, yeah, you're talking about plenty of money in the account. He's like, Alan, it bounced. I'm like, yeah. I called the bank, and they're like, yeah, you had that on there. But I had to put that in place to protect mom. Yeah. There's the, right, the actual things that we do of, like, protecting our accounts. But when it comes to protecting our relationships, when it like, these are not skills that most of us have learned in life. And we Mm -hmm. all are getting closer and closer to having more and more challenging relationships, for sure. Um, With, these are tough stuff, right? As, as people age, as we're taking care of our parents, as those roles start to reverse. Reverse. And I mean, for the most part, I mean, I know I didn't learn these tools and skills like that's it was because I was just messing it up in every area of my life. that I'm like, I I need to invest in something that works better because clearly I am the common denominator in my Mm. life. I am the one person in all of the relationships of my life. And that's a hard thing to do, to take a look at ourselves and say, what do I want to do differently to have a different result? Because it feels we get that immediate relief right? When we feel justified, like Mm -hmm. I'm right. I feel justified, right? We want to go seek revenge. And yet it doesn't actually bring us any peace. It doesn't bring us any harmony. It certainly doesn't help us in our relationships. So this is tough stuff, Alan. 
It I was mean, tough. Yeah, I can tell. It's it, still painful. Nah, you know, I, I just, I want my mom, I always wanted my mom to be happy. My stepfather was a great guy, you know, and I joke around that I miss my mother and my stepfather. I don't really miss my mother that much after my stepfather left because she lost her way. She just really didn't, Aww. she'd know where she was. Right. And she tried, but I just, I think she just didn't know what was happening. So it just became an issue, you know, and it, it just, it was crazy to watch all this. And like, even the, so on the February 13th, she goes to the hospital, she falls and I come back and I go to the hospital and I'm like, uh, what's going on? I said, well, your mom's got, uh, some pneumonia. I said, okay, you probably need to keep her overnight and have her checked out. And the nurse says to me, you must be Alan. I said, yes. She says, you know, your mom doesn't like you. <laughs> I said, I'm pretty well aware of that, ma'am, but can you just take care of my mother, please? I, you know, the commentary from you is so nice, but totally unnecessary. Boynton Beach Bethesda Hospital. <laughs> okay, totally unnecessary, but yes. So the next day I go in there and I'm trying to talk, it's February 14th and they're talking to my mom and uh, they're telling me mom's got AFib now. I'm like, okay, so what are you mm. going to do? Oh, you know, we'll take care of her, take care of her. I said, okay. So uh, I'm trying to talk to my mom, and I don't know how, but I said, you know, mom, I know you don't believe this, but I love you, and we'll get through this. And my mom gave me the, as she looks down her nose at her glasses with a little nod, like, yeah. <laughs> and that was the last word my mother said to me, like, yeah, go. Well, she love you. Just, I, she was no, she in, did, not, but I'm just she saying was not in the state of mind. Like, yeah, she lost So my story gets actually worse. This is crazy, this whole thing. So they turn around and they call me up and they tell me that your mom, her heart stopped and that we've been doing chest compressions for 23 minutes. I'm like, okay, uh, what's going on? They said, you need to come in. We need to talk about DNR. I said, okay. So I go in there, I grab my brother, we go in there. I said, what's the likelihood of my mother having any kind of life? 23 minutes of chest compressions on an 89 year old woman, they probably broke everything. If they do it right, they break your ribs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe it's time. And they said, sign the DNR. I said, okay, so I sign it. Another doctor comes in five minutes later and says to me, hey, uh, buddy, we're gonna put a pacemaker in. We think we can fix the whole thing. I'm like, that seemed really weird. I said, okay, so 10 minutes later, it comes back and says, well, we can't do a pacemaker because you signed a DNR. I'm like, well, I haven't signed anything yet, but if you think you can help her, I'll rescind the DNR for two days for you to figure out if you could put her in a better place. He's okay. Five minutes later, he comes back in the room and says, your mom is back and her heart stopped and we're doing compressions. How long would you like us to do them? I'm like, what? And my brother's Mr. Cold says, 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're going a little longer. Go a little longer, see what you could do. So they come out like 15 minutes later and I said, yeah, we couldn't do anything, your mom's gone. But my brother was gonna put a deadline on it. I'm like, but it's so hard that, can you imagine Bethesda East is telling me or asking me how long they should do chest compressions. And the whole time this has happened, they keep telling me it's not their fault. It's not the medicine that they gave to her. Mm. It's not the medicine that they gave to her. And they keep telling me this. Why would they tell me this? You know, it is so <laughs> human, right, to look for blame, right? right? Probably because it's human nature of people want to put blame and then seek revenge it can go not everyone it's to the revenge right okay but we had a guest on the show and it's crazy because you can't sue if your mom passes or father passes and there's no spouse and you're under you're over 25 
there's no suing the hospital. Okay. Nothing Public here in Florida. Public service announcement. You could actually, they seriously, unless they murdered her, like physically put a bullet in her head or a knife in her chest, you can't sue the hospital. It sounded like they weren't fully communicating whatever, you know, these the couple of doctors from... You know, we can help her, and then well, they know, were like the, it just well because in life, right? We all get mm-hmm. our unique skills for what we do, right? We don't necessarily get trained in how to communicate well, right? Right, and many of us don't understand how to pick up the signs of how someone else needs to be communicated with in a way that they can hear it, especially in a stressful situation. Right. So what I'm hearing is we we do need to protect ourselves. We need to protect ourselves with resilience. Like how after your mom lost her husband, your stepdad, do we create resilience in our lives so that things don't go from bad to worse, right? How when we lose our parents and things are stressful and we're having to put boundaries in place that we don't want to, yeah, how do we do that in a way that just doesn't tear us apart and tear our relationships apart? These aren't common skills that people have. There are tools out there, but they're relatively new tools. Mom refused any grieving help. Stepfather was in hospice. Mom refused all of it. And I think that's why she went from where she was to where she ended up. Because there was no transition. There was always her trying to fight something. I imagine this is something a lot of people can relate to. Of like being a strong woman like your mom was. Being a police officer. Asking for help. She wasn't a police officer. Oh, she worked She was the secretary to detectives. So she typed up all the the cases. So she knew everything. Still a very strong woman, right? Of like... Asking for help is a skill. It takes practice. I mean, these are muscles. It's like if we learn these things and then we, you know, put them in a drawer, it's like, you know, you can't just pull them out 10 years later and think that we're going to be resilient, that we're going to be able to navigate through these situations without it tearing us up and and impacting us in lots of negative ways. She was so mad about everything just before. My stepfather was Catholic. He grew up Catholic, but she was Jewish and he went to temple with her and I had I had a priest come in and read him his last rites. And my mom was livid at me for doing it. How dare you? I'm like, Mom, that was his background. I mean, I'm just respecting him. I mean, if there's anything I could do to help him as he leaves this world, why in the world wouldn't we do it? She was just bitter. So I'm going to go back to my hospital story. The hospital was trying to cover something. Two days after he dies, or after she's buried, buried, I get a phone call from the uh, funeral home saying we have a problem. The hospital won't sign the death certificate. What? Swear it is true. The hospital won't sign the death certificate. They were trying to get her doctor to sign it. Well, her doctor wasn't there. And I know because her doctor's my doctor. I was the one who brought her to this doctor. And she's like, Alan, how can I sign this? I said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So I called the hospital a few days later, and I'm like, it's 12 o'clock. What's going to happen is really simple. By 4 o'clock today, you're going to have me a signed death certificate because technically we shouldn't have buried my mother without it. You're going to have me a signed death certificate. Or at 4 o'clock, I'm going to reach out to the medical examiner's office. I'm going to have mom's body exhumed. I'm going to demand a full autopsy. And we're going to actually find out how you killed her. Okay? Because I might not be able to sue you civilly, but I'm going to watch you leave that hospital in handcuffs. You're going to jail. You know you did something. You hit it. You got some time to sign it. Five minutes later, they called me up and said, Alan, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm on vacation. I'll be there in 10 minutes. I'm going to sign a sign death certificate, and that was the end of it. Seriously. Well, like, it's not why, the end of it for you. Why wouldn't that doctor have not signed a death certificate? And would knowing change it for you? 
right? Of like the reason why we retell stories is because there's still something unresolved, right? There's something. Are you saying I need to talk to Don? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I didn't hear Don volunteer to take you on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm okay. I'm telling you, it was funny. Well, you're not okay. That beekeeper movie brought it back out saying I'd love to get some revenge. I'd love to find these people in California. I I hear that sense of you. You know? And I think that that is one of the the reasons why... Valentine's Day is a relationship ruiner, right? There's a that sense of revenge or this idea that something outside of us, something around us needs to happen a certain way in order for us to feel different, in order for us to change the way that we're experiencing life. That idea that something else needs to change and be different is what's causing our suffering. It's what's keeping us from being as resilient as we could possibly be. It's keeping us from looking in the place where the answers and the change really are, which are within us. It's the one thing we can really control. We can't control the doctors. We can't control the police department. We can't control the scammers looking for, you know, we can't even control our parents of trying to get grieving support. Uh, The one place where we have to keep coming back to is the things that we actually have a circle of influence over, which is our thoughts, our beliefs, and how we choose to respond. And that takes work. There's a lot, there's a reason why people don't do it. It's the reason I don't have six pack abs, because I don't want to put in the work at the gym. (laughs) But if you want to put in the work to be happier and be more resilient, it does pay off. I mean, it pays off. You know, I know how tough it is to lose a parent. I lost my dad last year and it was tough. Yeah. And it showed me why it was worth it to do the work day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, because it's going to hit the fan at some point. (laughs) Right? Um, Yeah. Things are going to happen. Things are going to get tough at some point. And we either are doing the work to create resilience within ourselves, or we are pretty much accepting that we are gonna slip into drama roles and we're gonna be the worst version of ourselves because we're just trying to cope, right? And at the end of the day, we can't control anybody else. We can't control any of the things that happen. We can influence a lot of things, but we have to have the energy to do it. And ultimately, Hmm. if right, if we put the work in um, to show up the best way possible, we're not guaranteed the result. We're going to give ourselves the best chance of getting a good result back, but we can guarantee that we're going to feel good about the way that we show up. But here's the problem. It's the first step, okay? (laughs) Seriously, it's the first step. When I say I'm going to get on the treadmill, it's, it's, you know, it's 75 miles to get to the treadmill, but once I'm on it, I want to go for 30, 40 minutes. It's the first step. That first Mm -hmm. step. So the problem is how many people won't have this conversation with their children. Children won't have the conversation with their parents. Parents don't do any kind of planning as to what it is they want, expect, or need right. as they get older. So I'm encouraging anybody, you got to take the first step. Take the first step. And there are planned. tools out there. There mm-hmm. are definitely tools out there to make it easier. There's a formula for pa- practicing compassionate accountability. It's a simple three-step process. There are tools that make it easier to take that first step. You know, you don't just have to take that first step off the cliff. You can you can do some prep work. Beautiful. We need to wrap this up, don't we? Yeah, we do. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Lorita, happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, Alan. Don, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Share yeah. with me some of those texts you get later. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. Have we a great one. I want to see him. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to The Secret to My Success. For more episodes, go on over to secrettomysuccess.com. That's secret, the number two, mysuccess.com. Success.